the summer of 2007 in Dnipropetrovsk, Ukraine, citizens were on edge after a string of grisly murders were happening around town. The killers had no special criteria in mind. Men, women, and kids were being brutally murdered and attacked. Hello, my name is The Grin, and joining me tonight is the lovely Amari. And welcome to our podcast, a true crime podcast where we don't shy away from the gruesome details, where some things may be triggering and hard to hear. Listener discretion is advised, so get yourself in the right space of mind, and let's talk about dark shit. So, let's start this case, Amari. Let's go. Today, we're going to be talking about Victor Sayenko, Igor Spronyuk, and Alexander Hansa, which in advance, please excuse my horrible pronunciations of the cities and names, because this case is set in the Ukraine, and I, I just have a horrible pronunciation of these names, so. Okay, so far there's Victor. Victor, Igor, and Alexander. For Igor. the most part, we're going to be sticking to first names, okay? <laughs> but the cities are going to make me trip here and there. Anyway, so these three went to school together in the Redstone district of Nepropetrovsk, Ukraine. They would become friends there after having one thing in common. They were all being bullied. Now, it is said by one of Igor's teachers that he had a difficult character, or the boys had a difficult character. They would always defend themselves, even though there was nothing to defend themselves from. They Like they thought they were being bullied? By the teacher, yes. But then when they were interrogated, they said they were. So, you know. So they just had like that defensive mindset, yeah. like everybody's out to get them kind of thing? Yeah, but that's what sources say. And then they said one thing, people said something else. Okay. So when they were in the fifth grade, they went to a local railway station. This is when they would start their small petty crimes. They would throw stones at train windows. There is when Victor was caught by the police and he was arrested. His parents had to pay for the damages because obviously, I mean, cracked windows on moving trains got in trouble there. When he was discovered, it was later revealed that Igor was actually the instigator and Victor's parents were not very happy about that. They didn't want their son to be around Igor anymore, but Victor didn't care. He wanted to hang out with his friend because he felt like Victor understood him. So didn't care what the parents say. Now, something that Igor and Victor had in common is they had a shared phobia and that was a phobia of height. So in their younger years, they, in order to cure this phobia, had an idea of going and hanging themselves over a balustrade on the 14th floor of their apartment block. What do you mean hang themselves? Like, like just... going over the, the, the ballast and just hanging there? Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh my god. And they would just hang there for hours, apparently. At the end, apparently for them, it worked. It felt like they had cured their phobia. Oh my god. The 14th floor, you said? Yeah, the 14th floor. Why not the second floor? <laughs> <laughs> they. They, they wanted to cure their phobia and they went to extreme measures, I guess. I guess. Now, Alexander was more squeamish. His phobia was actually the fear of blood. Oh. He was very scared to clean his kitten and wash his kitten because he was scared the kitten would attack him and there would be blood because it, uh. it has happened. So Victor actually had a bright idea. Well, he's the one who came up with the idea. He said that in order to cure Alexander's phobia, they were going to go and torture stray dogs. <gasps> Wait, how old were they at this point? At this point, they're still kids. They're still pretty young teenagers. We're barely getting into their teen years. Oh my God, to have that kind of mindset, like, hey, stray dogs. Torturing animals. That's true. Yeah, McDonald triad. Yep. One of the things, torturing animals. So what they would do is they would seize dogs from the streets. They would hang them off trees and they would disembowel them. When they were finished, they would take pictures posing next to the corpses. In another instance, they got a kitten, filled its mouth with with glue and foam and then they began crucifying it in their garage when they finished they shot it now this time they 
filmed the set and you could hear them after they finished shooting and torturing the kitten, laughing and cursing at the camera. So there was a rage in there. That's funny though, that supposedly it was just one of the kids that had this fear of blood, but yet all of them had to be involved. They're like, hey, let's torture because, oh, we're, you know, we're scared of blood too. We're going to get to that because there was a classmate who said something interesting. Oh, okay. But yes, they filmed other videos torturing animals. So when these videos would eventually become evidence in their future crimes, a criminologist actually had to mute the videos because he was just disturbed listening to all the squeals from the animals being hung, burned, or gutted. Can you imagine that? That's that's your profession. That's your career, criminologist. And he even had to mute it. Yeah. That's insane. They were, they were brutal. They were honestly monsters, but we'll get there. In another instance, there was a photograph that showed them in Nazi salute, and there was a swastika drawn on a wall by them, and it was drawn with a dog's blood. You can see the dog still there. What year did you say this came out, or they were doing this? Oh, well, they were doing this probably in like early 2000s, because oh my, God. we're going to get to the actual crime of this part in 2007. Early 2000s, and they, oh my God, because okay, at first it was I was thinking that this was like in the 1900s no, beginning, no. but then you threw me off when you said camera, and I was like, wait, when did this happen again? No, oh. it did not happen in the 1990s, 2000s. Yeah, so they had a fascination with Nazis and Hitler since Igor shared the same birthday with him, which is April 20th. They would get all their information about Nazis online, and this is how they outlined their gruesome philosophy, which they would go on to caption certain pictures and videos. Their philosophy was kill everyone, take everything, the lower you fall, the higher you will fly. Killing is just a tough way of making money. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Now here's where a classmate would come forward later on when their future crimes would come to light. And the classmate actually had said that Igor approached them one day and he just said out of the blue, I wanted to check whether I had enough mental strength to kill. He said that in class? Yeah. So classmates were aware of him torturing animals. And then they went to tell the teacher. The teacher told the principal. They called no. the police and then Nothing the end of the story. No. Nothing was done. <laughs> I was just hoping. No. <laughs> if that was the case, then we wouldn't be talking about this. But I that know. was not the case, unfortunately. But yeah, classmates knew about this. And you shouldn't do this. But online, if you go, the pictures and videos are actually still up. Are they really? Some of them. Of the animals? Of the animals and then of future crimes that I'm going to talk about in a moment. Of course. Okay. So after graduation, Victor got himself a job as a security guard. And the other two were unemployed. I'm going to stop real quick. Um, As a security guard? <laughs> as a security guard. You heard that right? They don't test you to see if you're mentally okay to do that kind of job? Apparently as a not. Apparently not. That's in, They probably just really needed security and they just hired whoever. Maybe. Unless he's like in person, he's very, uh, what is that called? Professional or charming and like he can turn on an act, you know? I mean, possibly, but they... I don't know. I, it didn't, when I was researching this, it didn't seem like they were the most popular kids. So. He got a job as a security guard. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, okay. Throwing they, back. they were in need. Continue, probably. They were in need. There was, this is Ukraine, so I don't know what the guidelines are about being okay. a security yes. guard. So there's that too. So yes, the other two were unemployed. However, Igor, the other friend, was given a green Dewu Lanos. Uh, it's a type of car mm-hmm. uh, for his birthday. And it was a gift from his parents. Now, the car would later on 
serve them as a getaway car for robberies that they would soon start to commit. And after the robberies, they wanted to move on to the next thing, murder, which as soon as Alexander heard that, he wanted out. He did not want to do it because oh, he was that- the more squeamish one. He he didn't even want to do the torturing of animals. It was mostly Igor and Victor. So it, are you saying that he didn't do the torturing of the animals or just he did that and people are just, oh, that's the line. Alexander? Yeah. When I was doing the research for this, I couldn't find anything that said that Alexander participated in oh. that. And then... Ugh, I hate to say it, but I had to look at some of the images and it was mostly just Victor and Igor. In the pictures? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, because some of them were like them taking pictures of each other, like taking turns, mm-hmm. or they would just take selfies and it was just them two. So Alexander really wasn't in those pictures, mm-hmm. but he was still involved. But because he Alexander, was yes. And he was involved in the robberies that they would commit. Yeah, you know, because the next step after robbery is murder. It's not kidnap or anything else. It's just straight murder. Okay. Straight murder. And they went crazy. They literally became monsters. Now, different articles say different things when I was doing research for this case. But I'm going off a book that I read about this case. And it says that their first victim was a police officer who was taking out his girlfriend out on a date on June 24th of 2007. So he was going to go meet her to take her out and he needed a cab to get there. And that's where he stops a green de Wulanos, which is Igor's car. Mm-hmm. And he was using it as like a taxi. That oh, was so he job. was a taxi. Oh, okay. Taxi mm-hmm. driver. But he soon stopped that after this because his worst victim. Noticeable car as well. Exactly. First victim there. And on June 25th of 2007, the very next day, 33-year-old Yekaterina Ilchenko was bludgeoned to death while she was walking home after leaving a friend's house. Now, according to Victor's confession, he and Igor were out on a walk, and that's when Yekaterina walked past them. Igor had a hammer on him, and when he saw her walk past them, he turned around and hit her right in the head, and that's when he began to bludgeon her. Now, her mother would go on to find her body near their apartment when she she didn't... Mm-hmm. She was getting close to her home. So when she didn't arrive, her mom went out to look for her and found her body. Now, an hour after they killed Yekaterina, the two killers found their next victim, 35-year-old Roman Tatarovich. He was sleeping on a bench near the first crime scene when these two approached him and bludgeoned him to death. They bludgeoned him to death, leaving him unrecognizable. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, they were not kidding. They, like- they, they were not kidding. It's... I mean, they're serial killers because well, yeah. you're going to see that it's like a string. But I think after it's like two, a spree. It, it's, it's like a spree because oh, they're now? going yeah. on and on and on. Yeah. What did 24th was the first victim. 25th, they go and kill two people an hour apart. See, it's like it's giving them this adrenaline rush or this, you know, it pushes their endorphins high and they're like, okay, we got to keep doing this. This is awesome. This is better than kitties and puppies. Yeah. That's horrible. So a few days later, on July 1st, two more victims were found murdered. Yepenya Grishenko and Nikolai Serchuk were found murdered in the same way as the previous victims near the town of Novo Moscow. Excuse my pronunciation again. Now, on July 6th, three more people would lose their lives. So they're just going at it. This happened in the town of Dnipro. First was Igor Nechvoloda, a recently discharged army recruit who was bludgeoned while walking home from 
a nightclub. His mother would also find his body near their apartment the next morning. Next was 28-year-old Yelena Schramm, a security guard who was walking down Kosiora Street, which apparently was right around the corner where the first crime was committed, when she had approached them. Now, when they saw her coming, Igor had the hammer hidden under his clothes, and that's when he took the hammer out and just struck her. And that's when they began to bludgeon her as well. See, with these kind of stories, you could be walking down the street and you don't know like that person just walking towards you all smiling. Exactly. Could have a hammer in their exactly. hands. Yeah. You know. Yeah. This one's a, this one was a frightening one. Yeah. So Yelena had a uh, shopping bag on her and in the shopping bag were clothes. And the two killers took the clothes out and began cleaning their hammer and then left her body there. Next was Valentina Hanza, which they would kill later that night. Valentina was also killed the same way, being bludgeoned to death by their hammer. And she died leaving three kids and a disabled husband. Oh my God. So, okay, we're on eight kills right now. Is it just those two doing the murdering and not Alexander? From the research that I did, yes. Okay. I will say that. I will say that. And he's out just security guarding? But I don't know because (laughs) later on, we're going to get to when they get caught and confessions and the trial, okay? Okay. We're going to get there. But at the moment, and based off the research that I did, it was just Igor and Victor. Alexander was not part of it, allegedly. Hmm. So the next day... He was the one still taking pictures. Yeah. (laughs) Possibly. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. The next day, two 14-year-olds, Andrei Sipyuk and Vadim Lyakov, went fishing early in the morning in the town of Podgorononoye, excuse my pronunciation again, a nearby town. That's when they were attacked. Now, Badim would go on to tell police that they were riding their bikes down the street when two men were standing near a foreign car. They just saw them down the street, standing there. And when the two boys rode their bikes past them, one of them turned around and struck Badim, and the other one struck Andre. They struck them with a sharp object to his face. This is what he confessed or, you know, stated to police. But Vadim was able to get up. He was able to get up and run away and go into hiding near a nearby forest because he knew the area well. Andre, however, lost consciousness when he was struck. But they left Andre alone because when they saw that Vadim ran, they went after him. One ran after him on foot while the other one ran after him with a car. But again, Vadim knew the area very well. So he knew exactly where to hide. And they eventually just gave up and left. Now, when he realized that they left, he went back to his friend and he found Andre on the street still in a pool of blood, but he could tell that Andre was still breathing. So he bandaged his friend's head up with his sweater and ran to a nearby highway where he would stop a car and ask the driver for help. They agreed and took the two boys to a nearby hospital where Andre would later die. Oh no. Now, this is where it kind of gets infuriating. So police at first thought that Vadim committed the crime and arrested him. And in the research I did, multiple sources, multiple articles say that they actually beat him and tried to get him to confess, but he did not. He stuck to his story and they had to let him go after the interrogation because there was no evidence that he's the one who did it. You know, he ran to get help. Yeah. So well, he did it. Well, criminals do the same thing. Uh, some. Okay, I'm not saying all of them, but there's there's been some cases will, where they will, you know, oh my God, somebody, I found this person killed. And it's actually them. And this is another thing that they were like, oh, maybe this kid didn't do it, is because they started to realize that Andre had died in a very similar way to other 
people around the area. And I guess that's when they realized they had a serial killer in their hands. Because So they were they getting mad? They thought maybe he was the one that was doing the other ones as well? Is that why they they could have been no, more angry? they thought that he was the one who attacked his friend. Just his friend. Okay. Just his friend. But they realized, hey, this kid died in a very similar way as previous victims around the area. So Vadim was actually able to provide a sketch for the police of the people who did it because he caught a glimpse of them mm -hmm. and he gave them a sketch. So they had to go off of that. And plus the car, or did he not see the car? He described the car to them. Oh, he did? Mm -hmm. Okay. But license plate, he... You know, the kid was afraid. He just ran. He was running I for his life. I wonder like, yeah. if they have a lot of day woos over there. I don't know. Honestly, I didn't look into that. <laughs> okay, now we're going to July 12th. 48-year-old Sergei Yatsenko rode his motorcycle to visit his grandson. When he did not return home later that night, his wife grew worried and eventually notified the police. And then a search was conducted. His body was found four days later near a rubbish dump. And he had recently survived and beat cancer. That's heartbreaking. On July 14th, 45-year-old Natalia Mamarchuk was riding her scooter to work when the killers jumped out of the bushes and began striking her in the head with their hammer. This time, however, there were witnesses around the area. But when the witnesses began to approach them and stop them, they got on her scooter and sped off. And uh, yeah, both of them. They could fit on the scooter. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know how big the scooters are. I don't know like how big the scooters are. Well, maybe. Like a Vespa? Possibly. Uh, two people can fit on a Vespa. Yeah. Okay. Even a scooter, though. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> the little kid scooters, you know, like the... The one, no, the pedal one. Oh, I don't know. Is it not called a scooter? Well, the electrical scooters like that I've seen, because she was a full-grown adult. She was 45 years old. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah. That's, I, sorry, that's what I think when I think of scooter. I just think of those little kids with like scooting with one leg. No, and she was a full-grown adult, so I didn't, that didn't come to mind. I thought like immediately like a bigger one. I'm maybe a child, like a okay, one. I'm a child. <laughs> at heart. I know. <laughs> but when they realized that the witnesses were approaching them, they got on the scooter and sped off. Now, some witnesses say that one of them actually made sure that Natalia wasn't moving anymore before he left because he didn't want to leave any survivors. Mm -hmm. Then when they sped off, they left the pursuers. Nobody could catch them on foot. Now, over the next nine days, 13 more bodies would be found. They would all be found in the same way, bludgeoned to death, leaving them unrecognizable. The victims all selected at random. Children, vagrants, pensioners, and drunks. Those were the type of people that would be the easiest victims. Now, sometimes they would mutilate the bodies by gouging the eyeballs out. One of their victims was actually a pregnant woman. And these two monsters, yeah. I just want to call them that, yeah. removed her fetus from her womb. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. That's psycho. They are psychos, but... They're, they're... So within a month so far, they've killed 24 people. Is that 24? That's 21. We're at 21? We're 21. They had 21 victims. Oh my gosh. Um, and math. Yes. You're not doing good at math either. <laughs> <laughs> they would also steal personal belongings, so like trophies. However, when the police would examine the bodies, they realized that there was never any sexual assault on any of the victims. So they thought robberies is all they thought. They were just attacking these people. You can't think that. Well, I'm sorry. I, I don't think that, especially when a pregnant woman was ripped apart. But that's not a robbery when she's ripped apart and the fetus is taken out too. That's, I don't know. To me, that's not robbery. That's excessive. That's way more than, that's, we're past robberies. We are past robberies. I definitely agree. 
but they were trying to like narrow down their list i think but you know with the sketches that vadim provided and there was also witnesses from natalia's attack police still had no leads and it, there was actually 2000 people 2000 police on this case but they had little progress which i how big is this town oh my gosh um apparently it's like the fourth largest city in ukraine <laughs> never mind that's why there were so many and they couldn't find them <laughs> apparently yeah because that's what i read apparently it's the fourth largest one so they didn't get any progress until july 23rd that's when victor and igor went to a shop and they tried to sell a victim's phone when they turned on the phone to show the buyer that the phone was actually working that's when police were able to pick up on a signal and they immediately went to that shop and arrested the two now they i guess they gave up alexander's name too this is where he comes back because the yeah this whole time like i haven't heard anything you're like where is he yeah he actually gets arrested too and when he gets arrested police caught him trying to dispose of the victim's vloggings that they have stolen so that's when this is like was he part of it no matter what even if he is disposing that's accessory yeah that no matter what he's still a part of it yeah so yes they caught him take him and they're all caught so when they were caught and they were being interrogated they showed no remorse when they were confessing for their crimes however during their trial they said that they were forced to confess and all the videos and pictures were actually photoshopped forced to confess by who the police Mm -hmm. so they're saying the police framed them yes oh my goodness yes because the police had no leads so they're like oh we're victims we did not do this videos of them attacking the victims however were shown in court wait so there was videos of them attacking victims oh yeah i'm gonna talk about that right now oh go ahead okay one video was that of the murder of sergey yatsenko the man who beat cancer okay he was seen in a wooded area with the two killers where they had stabbed him repeatedly with a screwdriver and they gouged his eyes now they were recording this and you could see them smiling at the camera while they were doing this. And you could also see him going in and out of consciousness. And while they did this, they realized, oh, let's just get it over with and leave. So they just struck him in the head with their hammer and left. Before they left, they just wanted to make sure he was dead. When they got in their car, they were just laughing and talking about how long it took them to kill him. And it was still recording. And it was still recording. So Alexander was the camera guy. No, because you could only see the two. You couldn't see anybody else. And even when they got in the car, it was still just Victor and Igor. Oh, so you mean they like they, they placed it somewhere? Oh, mm-hmm. okay. And then the video was four minutes long, and this video was actually leaked on the internet and it's very disturbing people tried their best to take this video down i i do not want to see it but this is from sources and then victor or sergey's wife excuse me actually went up during their trial and said that sergey was twice saved from certain death first he had a terrible accident when he was younger then he underwent an oncological operation which the cancer Mm -hmm. and then he died at the hands of scum so after that there was also 
other pictures. This time they went to the funerals of the victims. And they went? They went. And you could see them smiling and they would take pictures, flipping off the gravestones and leaving. So this was just horrible. This is just super disturbing that some of the people in the courtroom couldn't handle it. And the judge was infuriated after they said, those are Photoshop. He said, do you think the blind are judging you? That's a quote from the judge <laughs> during their trial. Igor was found guilty of 21 murders, Victor of 18, and they were both given life sentences. Okay. They also received an additional 15 years for armed robbery that they committed. And Alexander was sentenced to nine years for being involved in the armed robberies as well. Mm -hmm. But there was never any evidence that linked him to any of the killings. Because Again, none of the photos. None of the videos, nothing. And then he was released on April of 2019 after he completed his sentence. Now, Ukraine has no capital punishment laws since February of 2000, after the Constitutional Court found that the death penalty was unconstitutional in December of 1999. So that is why they did not get death. Hmm. And it's actually really disturbing because in 2009, I found out that they actually fought to reduce their sentence. And Igor, his dad, was actually the one who represented him. His dad? Mm-hmm. Wait, so his dad was a lawyer? His dad was a lawyer. Oh, gosh. And it was... It was just honestly so disturbing he also believed in his son saying that oh they're framing my son and was he, he did not home is that why you think they're framing him and he wasn't out doing like you know hanging out with the other one i forgot his name sorry that Alexander. is just yeah no not alexander Oh, Victor? Victor, there you go. Because it was supposedly mainly Victor and Igor. Yeah. That is so weird. And if Alexander didn't actually do anything, is it because, oh, we've been friends since we were children and those are the only friends I have, so I'm going to help you, you know, throw away anything that you... Throw away evidence? That's... See, that's why I'm like, mm, was he? Was he not? I don't know. It's true. I read multiple articles and nothing pointed any fingers at him that he was committing the murders but he was destroying evidence yeah it doesn't matter yet that's yeah. still involvement but yes he only got nine years though and is there any after, updates on him yes he later married and now has two kids does she know about his i don't know that's a very good question that is a very good question but yeah that is the update that i have on him the other two are still in prison which is okay. where they belong yes because that is absolutely horrific <sighs> Horrible. People are disturbing. And the way that, like you said it, they were just walking down the street and you don't know. You're just walking past them and they, out of nowhere, they just select you yeah. as a victim because it was done at randomly. Yeah. What is that? What is that saying? Like, um, it's something about how many serial killers do we pass by every day or something? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to find it or somebody knows the but exact. Was it, was it like 21 or 20? I have. You walked past a killer. That's a lot. How I think an eight or something. That's a lot. I don't know. We need to look into that yeah. and get back to the listeners. Yeah. Um, or if somebody already knows offhand, just like, you know, let's just know. Let us know. I don't know if like there's a comment section. We'll find out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But that is the case of the maniacs. It was disturbing. It was disturbing, but at least they're put away having their slow death. Exactly. Exactly. Which is where they belong. So tune in next week and let us know what you think. See you guys next week. Goodbye.